Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 128. And Sarah's still... Are you ready, Sarah? My camera should be going through. What's up with that? No, it does not do <laughs> that. I activated it. That's why I wish you had waited and or, or said something or done it, it earlier. It's fine. It's fine. It's here. It's all visible. Well, this I is what happens when we do this shit live. Around. Hi, I'm your host, Klaus Nightbringer. Joining me are these two knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> Does it really count as joining you if I'm acting kind of like opposed to you and stymieing everything you do? Well, you're here, aren't you? Yeah, technically. So yeah, as you can see, you can now see us. I, 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 thanks to this awesome support of our patrons over at patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio, I was able to send Talas and Sare, uh, cameras. Seriously, so, do you know how impossible it's been to find webcams since this whole bullshit started? So, uh, thank you for this. This is, like, something I've been wanting to do for months. Yeah, I got, I found these. And now he has them. At a local Walmart, Ooh. and I was like, because I've been watching, um, Amazon and eBay and all these other sites to try and find something comparable to a C920. And nothing has been under $150. Yeah, I saw used ones going for like three times retail price because there's just that much yeah. of a demand for them. Yeah, they should be like 50 bucks. Um, but I was fortunate, like I said, I found these at a local Walmart for $64. So I sent them to them and it's like, here you go. Um, we'll just use Patreon money for it because you guys have been so awesome to support us. And like I said, it's been amazing. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, that, that That's the type of thing we're able to do on this um, because you guys are willing to reach out and help us out. So thank you. We really appreciate that. Which means that. that I can now add up more to facial expressions to my constant tormenting of Klaus. And I can be like, <sighs> and you can see that I'm very disappointed in you, Sarah. <laughs> and you can see that I'm very pleased with myself. It's the cycle of life somehow. And it moves us all. We're all monsters, and now everybody's going to know. All right. So what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Huh. In-game or out? Whatever. Uh, I mean, this is this yeah. is our sharing time. You know, this is how we, how we catch up but with each other, catch up with the, uh, the listeners. I help dwarfs get really, really drunk and make highly flammable explosive fuel, which can never go wrong. I also went around and talked to a bunch of people for the census, most of whom are nice about it and even the ones who are being kind of dicks are being <laughs> only about the level of dickishness i would find on like a medium day at the bookstore not even a bad day like a medium day interesting i'm still not sure if you're talking in game or out oh no like actual you know, <laughs> i know this i'm just saying like depending <laughs> on how weird eorzea is and if you're on crystal data center could be anything you're not wrong with that I feel like wrong. a lot of people would willingly overshare data. I'd be like, I'm just here to get the number of people in your household and to cut some basic demographic info. And they're like, but don't you want to hear about my OC? Mm, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I have that bad connection. I gotta, I gotta go. Shh. What? <laughs> Click. <Shh>. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> Must Quit hide. Name. Alt F4, I'm out. Right. What about you? Hi, Rory. You can see us now. <laughs> God, yes, right. We exist now. Yeah, they're they're uh, not so, just a uh, uh, headless or or uh, in, 
Uh, disembodied. Thank you. Disembodied voices. I, I, that's why I keep you around. <laughs> yes. You know, he could just get a dictionary, but he's like, no, I'd rather use human number for this. And I respect No, we just that. use Sarah. It's, more, it's easier that way. True. Talas, you, you were say about to say. You say that as if I'm different from human labor. What are you trying to say here? Uh, so I decided to buy um, <laughs> to buy a Fantasia. I decided to be a Hure because I decided I was tired of being a potato after two and a half years. So now I'm tall and I'm back to being a Hure in 14. Yeah, you can uh, see him over my there. Fantasia, my Fantasia came with a free digital collector's edition of Heavensward. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah, I'm, but I... seriously though, I'm back to being tall. It's pretty rad. Right? We can see what clothes look like on you. Right. Yeah, apologize. Like I said, it's a little dark, but we're out here because we're currently uh, we want fireworks. So that's why we're yeah. we're hanging out in the dark right now because it's that time of year. It's fireworks time. It's next... two thirty a.m. ARC time. It'll be light out soon enough. Exactly. Um, soon the sun will be up. Yay! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, like we'll be talking about it a little bit more. But yeah, there is currently a sale going on in the Mog Station, and I actually ended up uh, uh, caving and buying the uh, Black Mage Jump Potion. That's is how your much... Black Mage finally over? 25 or whatever it was at well it was at 24 until i bought it and now it's 70. that's a lot of stuff you have to learn or no rather, you learn it all never learn you learn it all you get it's, it, everything gets marked as completed plus you get a full set of skaven gear and a whole bunch of accessories and you get enough platinum pieces to sell to, for, for half a million gil but there's all these mechanical rotations that you would have had to learn and then unlearn, and now that'll never happen. Well, you know how I'm going to finish leveling up my uh, my Black Mage? Probably through Love PvP. Oh, or that. PvP, PvP and then switching to another jobs. job. Yep. Question, 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 profit. Uh, <laughs> I do feel, in case it was mentioned, uh, I'll just point out, Wondrous Tales gives you XP now, like half a level's worth of whatever you turn it in on. Yeah, that might do that too. We'll see. It's also literally half a level and it scales because I checked it on a couple of things in a bunch of varying spots and it's literally 50% of the okay. EXP of whatever level you're at. It's Very a nice. ton. Or, I, and yeah, as you see, now we do have the fireworks. That's why we're here. There we it's go. pretty. Yes, I like the fireworks for, for the you're a firework, And we'll be getting demonetized. <laughs> no, I, I, gotta work I, on my I think we're all right now. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into some game and community news now. Um, this, like we I said, it's, we were talking about, uh, in the pre-show, this has been a pretty busy weekend. Um, currently, uh, they're, they're on their last day of it, but SGDQ, Summer Games Done Quick, is, is currently going. They're, they're doing their annual fundraiser for Doctors Without Borders. Um, and as at, uh, last check, they were at $1.7 million raised. Which, for not having an actual live event, is pretty damn good. That's crazy good. Like they last year, I think they like closed with what was it, FF six or something, mm -hmm. and it they closed at like three point one, but they were going really hard. This year, they did a miniature event for COVID relief back in like March or April, and now they're doing this one too. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're all you know, we're all stretched thin, but even so, people still value Doctors Without Borders, and they still care about GDQ and it's showing and yep. it's been really fun to watch some of the stuff even if it's not as live as it normally is it's still been a really good week to watch and they still yeah, i wonder if it's easier to have an audience right now that's got to be very odd for them because they're used to having the audience behind them supporting them cheering them on just you know 
it, it, it's actually they used to sell tickets for that too and i believe all the funds for mm -hmm. that would actually go to uh the the, the event yep. as well um though on the other hand this time they don't have to pay for like the space or something it's weird how the finances of these things work yeah a lot of that space gets subsidized because it's a non-profit and it's mm -hmm. a donation thing yep right so, like i said a lot of times they can donate it and get a tax write-off for it so but um it's yeah it's weird how it all works out they did continue um their uh streak of having a final fantasy game run and uh this year's was the they did a speed around final fantasy 7 remake it, they did that this morning at like two in the morning or something like that so. yeah it was like four and a, it's a four hour and 45 minute ish run they had um, a schedule for seven i've seen the like the actual like crazy hyper good ones are really short but hmm I didn't look at how long it was, but yeah. I saw a speed run that was under six hours, yeah, and, and it, it was nuts. And they were, it was an any percentage uh, completion run, so. But yeah, it was, yeah. you know, it's, it's still a good thing. You can still go and support them. You can go to uh, gamesdonequick.org, I believe, um, and you can support them that way if you need to. Um, and the, the 1.7 they raised is not including bits and sub uh, funds that they get as well, because... You can subscribe to uh, the GDQ channel, and all the money that goes to that is going directly to the uh, um, Doctors Without Borders as well. So, Medicine Sans Frontiers. Yes. Um, Talis, you had found this bit of news. I did. So a friend of mine sent me a link off of Twitter uh, from a well-known uh, Final Fantasy content creator. Um, pseudo friend. Not really. We don't know this person. But... Uh, Miztech, who has done a whole bunch of the MTQ capture videos for raids, for extreme trials, for dungeon runs, all that kind of stuff. She is actually pregnant. She announced uh, just a few weeks ago on Twitter. I went ahead and linked her Twitter in the chat here on Twitch. And I'm she's kind of a... like the unidirectional because I don't think she knows who I am, but I love her videos. She's um, <laughs> but yeah, she she had a really good time with it. She announced it in a very fun and clever way. Uh, involving a spaghetti sauce jar and an alarm on her phone. Uh, so check out her video, uh, but she is pregnant, so congratulations to her. Congrats. Uh, hopefully everything goes super well and smooth, and we'll see you in the next video. I don't know how she closes her videos. I haven't watched one in a while. Yeah. But no, that's that's really cool to see, you know, somebody in the community, you know, getting ready to have a kid. That's awesome. Um, how long have we been playing this game that people are literally joining, meeting their partners, getting married and having children and we're only on a third expansion yeah uh rubicon <laughs> and uh cinna you know rubicon yeah. Vale from uh, gather together met his now wife at uh fan fest 2014 they got married that's, after fan fest 2016 <laughs> they've got a kid together it's it's it, you're you're not it's amazing stuff that's such a crazy concept to like we know and, we've yeah. been playing this game for a long time, but like, oh god, there's a human in the world that wasn't there. And it's because of this game. Holy... Because yes. of 14. And yet, in Eorzea, it's about a year-ish, maybe. <laughs> I was gonna say, we'd, we'd be having Irish twins at this point. Time bubble! Yes. Um, you had also found that the game, the MMO Terra oh. is shutting down. Now, I'm not familiar with Terra. So Terra is, it's a, I don't want to call it a copycat game because there's only so many ways that you can make an MMO that work. Um, but Nmass Software, uh, who makes the Terra MMO, uh, is deciding to shut down their servers. Uh, usually when 
games go free to play, it means they they've kind of hit a spot where they know they're about to go down. Uh, Terra was almost always free to play. Uh, there was a few cash shop things. There was some sub stuff for some bigger items, but for the most part, it's always been cheap and very okay. inexpensive. So at this point, they'd finally decided that it's just not worth it to stay open. Uh, so they're actually shutting down the Terra servers. That being said, MMOs are kind of a world that like we all sort of live in. Obviously, our avatars above us have represented us for a long time, mm-hmm. which is you know why we're up here. But we also or we're down, down here, here we're real people and so for the real people that uh need new avatars you know there's a lot of different options to play but 14's got a lot of good stuff for you so if it, you want to join us in 14 and you are a former terra player uh find us on twitter at phxdn radio and tweet at us and we will totally totally hang out with you on hyperion I promise I actually will we can send you links to download the free trial which uh, as a uh, credo zetska in chat is talking about you know they're using their free trial account that they just made um Mm -hmm. and the expansion that they have done with it now taking it from where you just could go to level 35 to now being able to go all the way to the end of uh heaven's word for free and it's 60 level 65 i want to say you can go all the way to heaven's word you can do all kinds of stuff level 60 Uh, it's 60 and it takes you 60 okay Still, that's a lot of game. And mm-hmm. remember, this isn't a this isn't the type of game where you have to have a different character for a different job. You just put down your frying pan, pick up a sword, and you're a different job. You can keep going on all of your disciples of the land, all your disciples of the hand, all of your disciples of magic, and all your disciples yep. of war can all go to sixty. The only you've issue, got some time. The only issue is you can't join a free company. You can't have retainers. Um, nope. So I mean, some of the social things are blocked off to you. But, but even you, then, you have a lot of flexibility that you wouldn't necessarily have in other MMOs. Yeah, it's it's still a fun game, but and you still have to play the you know play it you know with people to get through dungeons and stuff like that. So you still have that available to you, but there's some pieces of it that, that housing also is unavailable. So the people are pretty nice though, so that's fine too. So yeah, um, yeah. If if you need a new game to play. Come check out Final Fantasy XIV. Like I said, there's the free trial is, is pretty awesome, and there's a lot of servers to choose from, a lot of people on those servers willing to, to play with you. A lot of clothes to choose from? Seriously, the fashion endgame here is amazing. All right. Dude, the, the guys and the girls can both dress slutty. It's amazing. That's true. Now, th- this bit of news I actually got in an email from Square Enix. Not because I'm special or anything, but because I, I sign up for their marketing stuff, I think. I wish I was special, but... <laughs> Don't worry, Klaus. I think you're special. Aww. Yay! That special, right? So anyways... Anyway. Moving on. So, uh, moving on. They, they uh, sent a two-part interview with uh, Motomu Toriyama... Um, this is via the Final Fantasy portal site. Part one is in the first link there. And part two, I will post here as well. Can you guys open those up real quick so we can uh, discuss them? All right. So in there, uh, they ask him about um, some of the, p- the things that they ta- that uh, he went through in the planning stages uh, as he was going through Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um Things like uh, he was surprised to he, people were surprised to hear the main theme of Final Fantasy VII playing in the Sector Seven slums. Um, 
they decided to make it uh, kind of the the theme of the area because it is such a comfortable um, song to the people who've played the game in the past. Um, yeah, lots of fun little tidbits about development. Uh, there's one that I giggled out a bit more uh, about how Cloud's mother and Tifa's father weren't given names yep. in the original FS7, but they did have names in the design documents, so they decided to use them in remake. Yep. Uh, and mentioning that Tifa's dad still has no dialogue, so during development they just referred to him as dead body. <sighs> I felt a little bad about it, but I giggled. A tear. Yeah, apparently the, the official names, uh, Cloud's mom is Claudia, and Tifa's dad is Brian. That feels like a surprisingly ordinary name. I mean, they like, are tertiary characters. Like, they kind of want them to be pretty no pretty neutral. Yeah, that's fair. Talk, asking about, isn't Rude unusually nice to women? He keeps putting them to sleep in battle. Um, in the original <laughs> 7, uh, Rude wouldn't attack Tifa, so he decided that he wouldn't actively attack women in Remake. Uh, of course, battles wouldn't really work if he didn't if he didn't attack female characters at all. So he made him less aggressive, just putting them to sleep. Yeah, I do remember the whole thing about like if Tifa was the only one left in battle, uh, he would just like frequently not act at all, and he might just leave the battle entirely. It's interesting that they decided to turn it from a okay, he's in love with Tifa into a he just doesn't attack women at all. And they, they talked about a couple of the characters that actually came from uh, the novels for Final Fantasy VII, uh, namely the, uh, um, the the character who ends up being the guardian angel of the slums, uh, Muriel, and uh, Kyrie and Leslie. They're also characters that came from these uh, novels. So. Yeah, the Final Fantasy VII world expanded so much compilation of Final Fantasy VII, I think they started using to refer to like the entire universe of all of those works. Mm -hmm. And given that they had so much material to draw from, it's no surprise that they started working some of it into the story. Like, building those connections, lots of little fun tidbits for people who have been following it all along. It's like, oh, I know about this. And then part two. Um, what exactly is the Chocobo Bean Popcorn? <laughs> uh, it's made by frying Chocobo-shaped Chocobo Beans in oil. These beans maintain their shape even after popping, and apparently eating them makes you suddenly say, Quack! Okay, that feels like that's got to be some kind of genetically modified crop. I have concerns. So that's what happens, apparently. <laughs> Don't eat too much popcorn, or else... <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they just go through a lot of interesting things in the uh, in that... Climbing the stairs in the Shinner building was exhausting. It's impossible to win against... Or is it possible to win against Tifa? It's also frustrating getting passed even by Barrett. And apparently nobody can win against Tifa in a foot race. And getting passed by Barrett may have just been Cloud underestimating him. <laughs> they had some, like He had some pretty funny answers for this one. This was one that I thought was good. Yeah. It explains, like, in high-rise buildings, elevators are divided into sections. Anybody that lives in a major metro area knows there's, like... These elevators go up to floor 20. These floor, these elevators go 21 to 40. If it's a really tall building, you have to go to the middle floor, then shift to another group of elevator shafts to go to the rest of the top. No. Shinra, their explanation was, I believe the reason elevators and high-rise buildings are divided into sections is to more efficiently transport people. The Shinra building is a symbol of the company's power, and since the conglomerate isn't opposed to recklessly consuming vast amounts of Mako, they ignore efficiency entirely and only have elevators that hit every floor so as to flaunt their latest engineering. Yeah. Uh, I was really <laughs> sure. Why not? 
Um, those of you who uh, may remember a lot of the old Sim games, like SimCity, a lot of the variations that came out, I want to say in the 90s, there was one called Sim Tower that started because the Japanese cre uh, creator for that installment uh, was watching the movement patterns of elevators in high-rise buildings like that and was very curious about a lot of those patterns. Why? when he pushed the button for it, the ones that were nearby would not necessarily come as opposed to the ones that were on much further away floors. So there's a lot going on with elevator movement and with that kind of efficiency. And Shinra's saying, fuck all that, we're going to show off just how powerful we are. <laughs> this one was my, probably my favorite bit. Uh, you, know, you guys remember the scene with Scarlet and she's leaning in her oh. chair and she's got the, uh, the, the soldiers that she's got her legs over? So, he, so they ask, what's up with the Shinra Trooper who's tasked with being Scarlet's pet or whatever he is? Is that a shift-based position or is there someone who does it exclusively? He's not Scarlet's pet, but a specifically chosen soldier who's assigned to be her footrest and help ensure her feet never get swollen, who is fittingly named Ottoman. Ottoman's back has a uniquely cushiony softness to it that Scarlet is quite fond of. So his... He's basically an on-call position. He's apparently even made to wait outside Scarlet's room while she sleeps. How <laughs> far up your ass do you have to reach to pull out that kind of excuse? That is dumb. Like, in world, how was this ever found out? I'll drink to that one. <laughs> oh, this is dumb. Does this yeah, that's increase? Do we think that this increases or decreases the likeliness that we're going to have the slap fight minigame? Well, like I said, increase. I hope I we get this. I hope we see it. I really do. But yeah. She's it, a trained martial artist. Why is she slapping Scarlet? Because wouldn't you want to slap Scarlet? Because this kitten's got claws. Yeah. So yeah. Um, God, I hate myself for saying that. Go read through those articles. They're really funny. I enjoyed them. I hope you guys enjoyed reading them too. Yeah, they're pretty fun. All right. There's a fun mixture of uh, little side tidbits, little goofy things like that, mm -hmm. and interesting glimpses into the world and game design of it. Yeah, it's really nice to see that. And the fact that they, they shared that openly with us was really nice. It, it what didn't used to be a thing, so. Yeah. All right, uh... Crystal Chronicles news, just a reminder, uh, the release date is August 27th. Thank you for the reminder. I had completely forgotten. I have it pre-ordered, and I am absolutely stoked. I just pre-ordered it today, Sarah. I'm waiting for a paycheck to come in. Fair. I mean, it's only $30. Um, it's a digital-only release. There is no physical vi version available. So go to the, whatever you... Go ahead. It's super surprising with things the way they are right now, trying to coordinate a lot of the stuff to get a physical thing into stores yeah. or ship, which, and that was before all the current nonsense yeah. regarding shipping things. It's not a huge game, though, either. So, I mean, it makes sense not no. to spend the money on it. So, yeah. Um, so Plus, with, there's the added benefit of they also announced there was going to be a light edition that was going to mm -hmm. allow you access to like the first three dungeons. And then if you got the full game, you could move your character data forward. But if you have the light edition, and someone else that you know on your friends list, like us three, maybe, mm -hmm. join us. Uh, you can come play with that person if they have a full copy of the game. Yep. And you can cross-play. And it's cross-platform into PS4, Switch, iOS, and Android. So you are playing this if you want to. It's yep. going to be amazingly fun. I was a little surprised to see that, given, like, 
Fall Guys, for instance, even with how popular that is, that still doesn't have crossplay available. They're working like, on I know it. I, yeah, they are working on it. They've said as much. But just given how challenging it seems to be to get crossplay to happen, mostly because of getting buy-in from the various companies whose systems you want to use for it, I'm a, a little like surprised and pleased that they were able to pull it off from the get-go for yes. this. But yeah, it's really cool. Uh, the, another thing that we saw, um, thanks to Nick Nar uh, for this, he found this article on Go Nintendo. Uh, this some of this re relates to just the Switch version, I believe. Give me, come on, copy. But uh, there's apparently going to be two levels of uh, friend codes needed. You'll need your uh, Nintendo Switch friend code, as well as a six-digit uh, code, probably very similar to the uh, one-time passwords that we have in Final Fantasy 11 and 14. Um, that's good for 30 minutes. In order to join in with somebody's party. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I, I like it. Honestly, it's one added barrier to weirdos joining your party and mm -hmm. getting everything really weird. Yep. Makes sense. But I was surprised to see it. Like I said, it's a good thing. So you 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 share this code with your friends, and they so you and three friends are gonna join join together in in the same world. And I believe you can actually have different states with other players is what also what I read with that. Hmm. So let's say, and I go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so you could potentially, I, we could have one with the three of us and say Nicknar. Um, and then I could maybe have one with a Rory and, uh, Ivicent and a couple other and somebody else. Um, well you have one with Spender and maybe, uh, uh, Talas is, you know, messing around with his friends yeah. up there. I'll have and my I four people. Yeah. So. I could also be, see, see it being something that's useful for like, hey, we're playing Crystal Chronicles on stream, and we're going to throw it out to the first two people who uh, can join. Here's the code for that, yep. but not have that be a thing to, and now you can forever drop into our game. Exactly, and the fact that it only lasts 30 minutes is really nice. So, Yeah, yes. I feel like a lot of stuff is uh, taking into account just like the general people playing games and streaming them and the interactions with the audience for that. So yeah, if you haven't gone and uh, gotten it yet, uh, you can go to the website that we linked in there. It'll be in the show notes as well. And uh, you can check that out. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see you in game. Mm. Should be fun. Oh, I want to carry the bucket. I'm going to be a selkie. I like turtles. I, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I, I have never played the game, so this is going to be my first foray into it. So. Oh, you're going to have a good time. It's a good time. And what I meant to say was. Tree rolling my eyes. Okay, apparently it's not. We're going to run. No worries. I'm not worried. Okay. Y'all know we got it on the board. It's there. I rolled my eyes for nothing. You triggered my trap card. That was loud. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong one. And I'm okay with it. Well, no, I, I hit that one because it's the closest. <clears throat> anyway. Moving on. It's fine. So we, it's fine. Aside from our main discussion topic tonight, we do have a little bit more Final Fantasy XIV news. Um, the reason we're standing where, or we're at where we're at is because it's Moonfire Fair. And uh, there's dancing. I hope you like to dance. Isn't it a hula this time? Yes. The, the fire dance yeah. is a hula. And there's also a very interesting uh, glamour outfit you can get for doing this. God, that outfit. The the fate is kind of fun. You get to uh, uh, cheer on a giant bomb trying to destroy a street shark. 
God, they really yes. did. It's basically yes, a street shark. It's great. <laughs> street sharks. Oh, that was such a dumb show. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's a fun. It's fun. A friend of mine uh, who actually lived in Hawaii for part of his life, he saw the emote and he starts counting it. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm counting to see how many moves it is. And he counts it out and he goes, so fun fact, you can do that dance to the song Lao if you want to. So it's accurate. So it's just accurate enough nice. that if you want to like culturally appropriate the crap out of Islander, go nuts. Also, the fact the uh, housing item that you get is really cool. It's the giant bomb balloon with water balloons in it. Man, we've had those like on, as a decoration, I think, since the original Moonfire Fair. And now we so can finally get that. Much. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. Um, and that goes until next week. Uh, 27th? 26th. Okay. Because on the 27th, so, the rising. I was going to say Tuesday. Yep. Well. So next week we get the rising. So if you, if you haven't finished Moonfi- Moonfire Fair and you're listening to this either uh, live or before reset, you're good. If you're listening to this yep. after reset, you might be in trouble. Actually, no, you've got that day. You, you have, get, that you have, day. You have that day. Because then, yeah, because it always goes directly from Moonfire Fair into yep, the rise. Because the next one is the the rising, and that is uh, coming out on the twenty seventh. And with that, I haven't even actually really looked too deeply into this one. Um, we get a, an Ardbert minion. We get mm-hmm. a really nice uh, uh, wall artwork with um, stained glass. Yeah. Oh, it's a stained glass. That's it's mm-hmm. it's really nice because it's uh, um. A bunch of the Lalafells from Ulda. It's the story of the Sultana Seven. Don't you oh, remember the Tales from the Calamity several years back? No. <sighs> These, uh, I, I could talk about this um, more for uh, next show, I suppose. But the Sultana Seven Maybe. is a tale from during the actual Calamity of a group of people led by the Sultana who kept order in the streets of Ulda. Because I just well, saw, were raining down. I know. I just saw three from the uh, um, the Thaumaturges Guild and uh, a couple other four from the the Thaumaturges Guild. Excuse me, and a couple other people I don't yeah. recognize. But yeah, I think I'm gonna need to do a lore segment about the Sultana Seven because there's a whole bunch of stuff hooked into various elements of uh, Uldah and some of the dungeons around it. And like, okay, that gives me something for next time. Sweet. Maybe we'll have to see because we'll t- we'll talk about why next time is very special in a bit. Um, yep, but, yep. We'll see how long the rising is yep. running. But the the rising runs it it it'll be over after the that that episode. So, Ooh. Uh, but the other event that's actually live now as well, and that goes until um, patch five point four is Talaz's favorite event. He's over there, I guess. <laughs> For the third time, Yokai Watch is back. <laughs> Where there are four new minions. Four new weapons and a new mount that are so much easier to get, you yeah, bastards. It's been majorly nerfed. Instead of needing 30 um, legendary coins to get the weapons, you only need 10. To get yeah. the minions, you just need a silver or higher on a fate and you get a coin. You only need three coins to get a minion above yeah, the, it's above one the third. For the first one and then three for everything after that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Some people were uh, right that they apparently ha- still had coins left over from the last time, so they're able to just blaze through those uh, mm-hmm. opening requirements. Yep. Um, and then if you've gotten everything else already, um, 
you'll just need to do, there's a number of fates you can do in Heaven's Word and in, um, Stormblood areas to get those. And I guess Sarah will be right back in a moment. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yep. Yeah, uh, Chili, yeah, he said it was going to be nerfed. It's apparently very nerfed. It's a lot easier to get the rewards this Super time. Nerfed. But the people that really wanted them already have them. So this is kind of just for everybody that wasn't around for the OGs. Yep. And then uh, speaking of things that are also ending uh, on the, the 27th, um, the sale that uh, Talas and I used to get our uh, our items, him, his uh, um, collector's edition upgrade, and me, the uh, jump potion, um, that lasts until the 27th. Uh, the Adventure Celebration Sale uh, is 30, up to 30% off on certain mounts, glamour items, jump potions, minions, uh, emotes. Just a ton of stuff is on sale right now. As well, like a lot of the stuff is 50% off well, or the, more. No, it's that's crazy. That's 30, those are 30% off. The thing that are 50% off is going to be your collector's edition upgrades. So if you just bought the yep. regular version of the game or the expansions, you can go back now and instead of paying $20 to upgrade to get the collector's edition items, you can now go back and pay either $10 per expansion you missed or get them all four for 40. I bought the two that I didn't have. So I got Stormblood as well. But you only got one so like, um, Fantasia out of that because they only did it for uh, no. ARR and Heaven's Word. Yep, but I was thinking about doing, because I already had the collectors for ARR, and I was thinking about doing a Fantasia anyway. And then when I saw the Fantasias were 10 bucks, and the collector's edition for Heaven's Word was nine ninety nine, I was like, why yeah. would I not just do that and just get some stuff? Like, I got a minion and a weapon, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, not a big thing, but same price. Mm -hmm. Why not? I mean, like I said, it's some of them are really nice to have. You know, I I like a lot of the minions, weapons, um, mounts that you get for for getting the uh, the the collector's edition, as well as like I said, I usually get the physical ones, so you get the uh, the actual physical items as well. Like this year, we got a deck of cards and like a, yeah. a sticker and the the really cool Dark Knight uh, um, figurine. So. A uh, friend of the podcast, Kostya Kavana, has a foam purple Dark Knight sword from FanFest, like, 2014. That every time she finds it, she goes, do you want this? And I go, yes. And then I never get over to her place That's to pick it up. That's actually from last FanFest. Actually, it was from, it from... I don't know if it was FanFest or if it was from... Um, they gave those out at, like, PAX. Yeah, they gave them out for a bunch of stuff. She, I think she got hers at PAX, but... Yeah, I think... Doesn't matter. Had, I man. have one sitting at someone else's house, <laughs> but like every once in a while, having the physical stuff is kind of cool. Fair. But if you literally just are like, I want the chicken knife. All right, well, cool. It's ten bucks now. Fair. All right. So that is the news. Now let's go ahead and jump into our discussion topic. We're going to be spoiler free this week on patch five point three. Um, okay. So that being said, everybody in chat, be cool. Not yes. everybody in chat has completed 5.3. Most people have, but ah. be chill. We're going to stay spoiler-free. Two weeks from now, lids off. Good luck. Yeah, most... I absolutely get that there's a lot that you'd want to gush about in this uh, patch as well. It's... Like, there was a lot of good stuff. It's going to be tough to not spoil it, and uh, if something slips, we ap apologize in advance. But, holy shit. We're going to be uh, Panky29, yep. thank you for following. We appreciate that. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, so yeah, I posted the uh, pa the official patch notes in the uh, uh, show the chat. We'll also be putting in the show notes for those listening on the podcast. 
So let's just kind of go down the list and we'll talk a little bit about what we got, you know, after eight months in patch 5.3. So, of course, I mean, unavoidable delay. That said, even then, it was worth it. It was good. Kind of was. New MSQ. The MSQ, it's actually pretty beefy. I think it took me about seven hours of playtime. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. And they had explicitly said that 5.3 was going to finish the Shadowbringer story. Which it does. So the stuff that, the stuff that comes after this is going to be the lead into the next expansion. Yep. And yes, this pretty much is bringing all those various things uh to a head, to the climax, and then to the close. Yep, and it is so good. For those of you who are current with um, the with the, the expansions, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh-oh, where'd he go again this time? Sarah? Hmm? He de-videoed again. I don't know. Anyway. Um... Okay, so and then we got a, a new uh, dungeon, and we got a new trial with that as well. Um, the dungeon is yeah. really nice. I, I enjoy it quite I a bit. I can't say more yeah. than that. Um, uh, I could, like they described it in the, uh, in the preview stuff as a gauntlet that takes us across the whole of Norvrand, which really did it like lots of different fun reminders of all the things we've encountered as we went through Norvrand, lots of little fun callbacks. It felt like a really exciting and uh, pitched battle in a lot of different ways. There are a lot of fun set pieces to it as well. They used a lot of what they learned with the uh, um, Gimlet Dark in this dungeon as well. Because you get help from NPCs that you've uh, encountered through your travels on the first. Similar to what you yeah. had in the battle out at Gimlet. It the comparisons don't just stop there. Like there's lots of stuff where you have the feel of this pitched chaotic battlefield that we are making our way across. Where there's a lot of really insane. It's not just hey we're going to spawn delving. It's we are making our way through this big chaotic scene. Though this the, the difference being this chaos is directed directly at us versus yeah. um, Gimlet Dark. We are just trying to help in a large scale battle. On, on a large yeah. battlefield. This one is definitely a little more personalized while still having that huge broad sweeping feel. Yeah, but it's it's really good. Uh, and then the trial that we get after completing this, best trial ever. It's one of the top trials I've ever had. To and play it, in and this it might game. not be because of the, the, the way that it plays out. Just what we get makes it the best trial ever, at least to me, to an OG. <laughs> There are some very fun lore in-jokes and implications about this that I cannot wait to talk about. And also just some of the mechanics were really interesting, also in terms of that, and also some of it is a callback to various other series things where they ended up doing some really interesting and entertaining uh, things. I was pleased and surprised in a lot of ways I was not expecting. How about that active time event? (laughs) So cool! For those of you who know Fun what I'm talking fact, about, all you, the buttons work, y'all. That's all I can say. Don't, but uh, do not click out of that. Like I accidentally once clicked into um my chat, I hit enter, oh, and we, oh, we failed no. because of that. Yes, because if one person fails, the entire group fails. Yes, yeah. but that's why. But mm, don't do that. Yeah, but 
Holy shit. It is so good. And that, that last bit. Yeah. I have not delved into the extreme yet. Uh, I probably will eventually, but I want to do um, the other, some of the other stuff we've gotten first. Uh, like, Spender's clear that he managed to get his scholar book out of it. Okay. Uh, he told me a little bit about stuff there. It definitely falls on the thing of taking some of those uh, elements and remixing them and adding some other fun things to that. So I will look forward to talking about that next show as well. Cool. Yes. Actually, I think I might be able to get him to take me along for some learning runs later. I might do have to it. jump in on that. <laughs> All right. Continuing on. Uh, we also got new Chronicles of a New Era quests. Um which include the 24-man. That was part, an interesting turn. Part two of Yorha Dark Apocalypse. Um, so anybody that really liked the first one, this is the second one. Uh, I loved it. It definitely changes it. a lot of what's going on. I it's feel a like... cool story. I'm really excited that we have this whole sub-story by Yoko Taro built into what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we're getting a non-Final Fantasy story in a Final Fantasy game, and instead of being actively opposed to it like I thought I would be, I'm really interested in seeing where it's heading. And that just shows the quality of writing and the quality of how good these dungeons are. It's making me want to go and actually play near because like, okay, there's something interesting going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, side note, uh, that last boss, the little title thing it puts up on it, uh, you might have noticed that the uh, the top bit of it is what appears to be a weird series of numbers and letters. Mm -hmm. uh, the moment I saw it, I instantly threw it into a hexadecimal to ASCII converter. It turns out it does mean something. Hmm. <laughs> well, to look into that later. Maybe we'll spoil trying, that. Sir? How hard are you trying? That is all I have to ask. Sarah's a librarian. Of course he's going to notice that. If I see numbers and uh, those sets of things, I immediately assume it's hexadecimal code and I start writing it. Just like if I see anyone with a certain type or anything with a certain type of weird name, I immediately try spelling it backwards. Do you know how many things I have like gotten to jump on that way? This There's is bad. Seriously, why do people just like rename themselves as the bad guy but with the name backwards? Why would you leave the clue there? All right, so go experience that. The the battles are amazing. It's it, the first time I ran through it, it took us almost an hour and a half. Oh god. Yeah. I think ours was like 75 minutes. It was horrid. Yeah. I went on day but, 3. No, I went like Thursday day of. We went that night and holy shit was it a long run, but I had fun doing it because the group kept going. So, it was a lot of good times. Uh oh, I didn't get to go until a bit later. I would say like probably like because we're about one week out now. Uh, we're yeah. a week and a half in. We can have. So I got to go about uh four or five days out, and a lot of people knew the mechanics. I didn't know them, but with enough people who knew them that we weren't wiping every time we missed one, I was able to pick up what was going on. So it definitely felt like one of those ones where. When I died, it wasn't unfair. There were cues that, in that case, I had just missed. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of things that you, you have to really be watching for that battle. We'll talk more about it when we get into the spoiler cast. In a couple weeks, yep. Um, and then we also get a new uh, new quest for the Sorrow of Whirlet storyline. This was 
awesome. And a new instanced fight that was probably one of my favorite instances that I've played. Oh my gosh, I do not know enough giant mecha anime to appreciate everything about that fight. Yes, I did. For those of you who like Gundam, <laughs> Eva's, um, any type of giant pilotable robot, yeah, you better be playing that. Uh Oh my god, remember like a couple April Fools ago when they had the whole thing for like, oh hey, we're gonna have this slice of life school manga and also this giant mecha manga starring Alphano and Alice. I kind of yes. flashed back to that. Well, um, how many of yeah. the uh, those things have actually come to be real things? Oh so my god, the little cockpit with like the little screens with Gaia senses. <laughs> Yeah, if you've if you've watched any amount of Gundam, uh, Universal Century or otherwise, uh, if you've if you like steampunk, not in the I was once goth and discovered the color brown, but like you actually are into steam tech, um, that type of interest is there's a lot of that, um, and there's little stuff into like really weird niche stuff that I won't get into without uh, spoiling too many things. But there's like a French animation that existed in the mid 2000s that gets referenced in one line of dialogue. <laughs> it's literally nothing but Easter eggs for people that follow that kind of stuff. That, also, also, there is an option to just stand around and pose and take screenshots next to the giant robots. They know their audience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we get into any more spoilers type things, I mean, that was very borderline, but... I know. That's, I like the borders. Um, it's a good time. Let, let's, on the edge. let's talk about that new beast tribe. Oh, God, they're delightful. <laughs> it exists. I've unlocked it. I haven't done any of it yet. You need to do it. I've been keeping up every day, and I cannot wait to get my mount. I got started a little bit late due to real-life stuff going on, so I'm a few days behind, but what I've been having is really enjoyable and entertaining. It's just... It's the crafting one, right? Yep. Yep. It's crafting, it's dwarves, it's a lot of drinking jokes, and blowing stuff up. Yeah. It's it's not what you'd expect for crafting, but it's great. It really I do is. Find, there was one line from one of the early quests that I kind of want to find, just because it sums up the mood of it so well. Uh, the narration line, as you pan back showing the thing that you've just accomplished and how the implications this is going to have. With the majority of the workforce now blind drunk, the next logical step is to begin producing large quantities of highly flammable fuel for their experimental war machine. Yeah. Like there said, is no way this can go poorly. Dwarves, alcohol, <laughs> highly explosive things. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so yeah oh. go do that need uh, crafters at at least level 70 and uh you'll it's a good way to level up too and if you're already level 80 it is super blindingly easy why did we get stuck with the beardless freak versions of these guys these are the awesome ones yes i i, I these should not be considered uh um, beastmen these are the most highly uh they're a lot. They're just ten times better. <laughs> they're more. They're much more civilized because of their 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 knowledge with the uh, the brewing arts. Exactly. They know how to quaff. 
And the beers, Can you yes. really be civilized without knowing how to quaff? I submit, no. Says the one without the beard. <laughs> yeah, I can't grow a decent beard. It's kind of frustrating. <laughs> All right. Um, and then speaking of more crafting things, we did get a new custom deliveries client. Is the cutest custom deliveries client ever. Yeah, that one's playing in with the Ishgardian restoration, which I'm kind of glad that they're not just having it be a, okay, every so often you'll have to synth a bunch of stuff, that they are continuing to expand the story on that. And that after we go and made this large scale change and ended a thousand years war and instituted a new form of government and started a major rebuilding project, it's like, okay, it's not going to be a, now this is in the past and now you just go do other stuff, that it continues to grow and develop, which also kind of makes me hopeful for uh, what we may continue to see in Norfrant, even though the Shadowbringer story is mm-hmm. over. Possibly. I wonder if we get Norfrant restoration uh, once the Scarred is all done. Well, it's going to depend on what the entire Eden uh, thing brings us on its completion. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've got 5.5. Yeah, no, there's still plenty of time to add stuff in, so... But just seeing that they've continued to give Ishgard Restoration plenty of love and not just turn it into a, okay, it's this thing that we do every so often, but really their story is done. Like, it makes me happy. Yeah, it, and it's it's a cute story, you know, the fact that we're, you know, we are the saviors of Ishgard. We've, you know, ended the Thousand Years' War, and now everything's great? No. It's a very... We're trying to help out a family, at this point, and then that moves into helping out a friend that this person had. It's it, just go yeah. do the go do the story. It's so good. The like the Ishgard story as it's continued has uh, dealt with the whole thing of having uh, the. I was going to say the humans, the elves, and the Ishgardians, like the kind of the mankind stand-in, and the dragons, and trying to navigate this new relationship that they have. Mm -hmm. And so this content is exploring a lot of the different uh, elements that that takes on. So it's been really thoughtful and uh, kind of uh, interesting to just uh, touch on a lot of those. Okay, it sounds nice to say, hey, we're going to have peace, and we're going to get out there. But what does that actually look like? So I've been really happy with what they're doing with it. Uh, next bit of content that they added were the faux hollows. Um, this is one thing I haven't yet done. I've unlocked it, but I have not actually jumped into Shiva Unreal yet. Oh my gosh, a talking animal! How hard is are these Unreal trials? They, it's from what I understand, uh, Shiva Unreal is the exact same as the Shiva Extreme, just jacked up to level eighty. Yeah, mechanics are unchanged. All but of the, like, uh, um, the HP dealt, her HP, all of that has been adjusted to uh, match level 80. So you so can't just stand through things with cooldowns. So you actually have to do the mechanics again. Go back to mechanics, exactly. So if you want to practice it, you can do some uh, unsynced or minimum eye level runs. Yeah, my understanding is that the goal was to replicate, to some degree, the experience that people had when the original Extreme content was released. It's going to be a little different because you now have different abilities, different things to take into account in terms of what players have access to. But it's taking the uh, fight and the mechanics and bringing that up into something. Yeah. Yeah. From my understanding... Go ahead. If you have the mechanics down, if you have that all burned into your brain, then you shouldn't have too hard of a time with it, I would think. No. Um, I've, as far as a difficulty level, I would actually put it probably below the extreme trial we got this patch. So. Okay. 
but more difficult just, than the than the normal version which actually the normal version took us a little bit of, of time to get through and understand too so yeah well, I mean, the normal version just had a whole lot of holy shit what's happening here this is so cool oh wait was that a mechanic crap <laughs> right and then once you defeat shiva unreal you get access to this mini game um where you can then earn um leaves i believe it is uh yeah. in order to yeah. turn in for different uh prizes including the new yeah. mount that they they showed off in the patch notes you're picking spots on a, a game board type thing. It's not quite Battleship, but Battleship-esque in terms of attempting to efficiently locate a particular target. So it's a little bit of luck, but um, a little bit of skill. It is what it is. Um, uh, people are enjoying it. Um, I'll eventually get to it. Yeah. But you have to remember that in 5.4, we're getting an entirely new trial and Shiva goes away. Yep. Just remember that. So if you want to try it, you need to actually do it during the patch. Wait, so Shiva's going to go away at the end of... Correct. Uh, Shiva Unreal will go away. Shiva Unreal, like, yes. Uh, during each patch cycle, a different Unreal. Uh, the thing I heard it compared to was World of Warcraft's time walking, where it's like, okay, you have some old, you have some old piece of content that has been updated and uh, temporarily updated and brought up to the current uh, patched eye level, all sorts of things like that. But it's just for the duration of that patch, and it's to give you a little bit of something that changes up every so often. Okay. Okay. But not necessarily meant to be permanent content. Interesting. Yep. And then we got changes to A Realm Reborn. They've simplified our quest line. Now, this is something we've been talking about since uh, 2018. Or longer, yeah. Um, shrinking well, into that for longer. Yep, sh yeah. Shrinking down the uh, some of the fetch quests. Um, so, the uh, interesting part about this is the journal entries have actually been removed for those quests as well, even if you completed them originally. Correct. So they yep. wanted to kind of homogenize that. Um, there was a few little weird bits that I'm sure you guys have noticed. Like, you can still buy strength materia. Why? Because you can. You can still buy lightning materia. Why? Because you can. Um, like These aren't things that we use anymore, but they still exist in the game. Uh, a good friend of mine actually has two sets of achievements, one for her 1.0 side of character. When she signed in for Realm Reborn, she started in a different city. So she has the achievements for completing the city worth of stuff in two different cities. You're not supposed to have that. So anything that checks for where you're from to change your dialogue options ever so slightly by like one or two words, hers are always super jacked up hmm. because it doesn't know which data pool to pull from. So for things like this, when I see the journal get deleted, I'm looking at it from the game design perspective of they had to. Yeah. Because otherwise my experience is different than your experience. And it is because we played it at a different time. But if it's in the journal, now it's like, oh, it's the 17th journal entry. Check to see if flag is complete. Well, your 17th journal entry is way different than mine. Or the old your one is different from the new journal one. journal entry is different than mine. There's a combinatorial explosion of different edge cases they have to consider. Like that stuff mm -hmm. came up because they're because legacy player. As a legacy. <laughs> Player. I really like that they remembered us and wanted to include those things for us and wanted to thank us for what they did. I also know that if they hadn't had to do that, they could have made a lot of stuff much easier because they wouldn't have had to deal with the technical debt of bringing over all my stuff from the old one. So I really appreciate it. I also get that it made their life a million times harder. Yep. 
and now we don't even have stats or elemental materia or a bunch of other stuff that we used to do. Uh, which is fine. I'm okay with it, honestly. But like, there's definitely some seeing those journal entries go away. I went, well, that's a little weird. Then I thought about it. But I went, oh, well, that makes sense. It's yeah. a design choice. I don't mind it. And I mean, I also want to uh, mention they do do a lot of like, remember with materia, it used to be that you needed those catalysts that carbonized matter mm-hmm. in order to catch materia. The NPC who taught you about it is still there over at uh, the cauldron over by Mutamix. If you mm-hmm. talk to him, he talks about how this used to be a thing. Oh, but then they discover this new thing, and now this carbonized matter is about as useful as nipples on a breastplate. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is a reference to Batman and Robin. It's definitely a reference to Batman and Robin. But, like, there's just the fact that they go, we had it in here, we have to get rid of it. How do we get rid of it and make it interesting? Because, let's be real, it's Final Fantasy fourteen. How do we get rid of the thing we're getting rid of and make it interesting? Yeah, knowing that players are- <laughs> Hit it with a meteor, I guess. Like, we can do that. I mean, part of it is also, like, they could have just gotten rid of the NPC, but there is a certain amount of knowing what their player base is like and knowing that we will appreciate not having people randomly disappear and having those people reference the thing that was changed. Having a little that kind of slightly fourth wall, not breaking, like, fourth wall bumping self-awareness. Yeah. They know their player base is going to eat that shit up. They do, they do. Oh, we do. <laughs> um, they made some changes to the dungeons as well. Uh, for instance, a lot of the chests in the 2.x dungeons no longer dropped a lot of the crafting items or potions. You remember, like, back in uh, Snowcloak and those, you would get, like, <laughs> these chicken breasts or these little bottles of spice or something like that? Dude, I, I collected so-, so much night vinegar. <laughs> yeah, that's... I have- star anise still yeah exactly all of that's gone yeah um also it's gone gone but you're not getting it out of the dungeon it's it's no longer dropped in the dungeon um also apparently ethereal gear other than accessories have been removed from coffers so i disagree with that choice no they're, they're they're trying to give you the more green gear i believe instead of the pink gear green gear was actually better gear to get no, it's true, but... Also, I think the stats on the pink gear was somewhat randomized. It was. They were. One of the stats was random. I basically, anytime I needed to, like, bang out those last two points in a Wondrous Tales, I would just go run Sestasha back-to-back, unsynced, and it would take me four and a half minutes, including menuing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. And then I had a bunch of crap that I could decent into some random crystals or throw it into my grand company and get a bunch of seals and then send my squadron out a half a dozen times. It was basically free resources and I was super okay with it. Now I'm getting less of that. You're getting, you're still getting, uh, items. You're, you're still getting weapon and armor. You're just not getting pink weapon and armor. And you're also getting pink accessories. Like, remember there would be that one green thing that drops at the end or from the boss or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now there's just more of it. Right, and I get that, but like the pink stuff was easy because I knew that I never needed to look at it and I never needed to keep it because all of it was crap. It was really nice to have a marking that it was garbage right off the rip. I mean, I understand. Like I said, they're they're, they're trying to simplify. Like, I I get that, but at the same time, the thing of, it was nice to know that it was garbage kind of says the entire problem with it. No, I understand that it's a problem. The problem is, is that I'm lazy and I like having a big pink thing to know that I can throw it in the trash. They also added the fact that, similar to, I believe, it started in Stormblood, um, where if you completed a dungeon, you would get a drop for whatever class you're currently running. Yep. 
the yeah, the level there'd be like three drops at the end of the boss. All the ARR like, dungeons yeah. um, from Sestasha through Arm Veil vale will now do that as well. Which also is a nice thing for Glamour Hunters. It's very nice for yes. that, but it's also very nice for those of you who are just joining us as well. Yeah. Huh. Like, it's good to know that you're always going to get some piece of gear. Like, you don't have the frustration of like, okay, I ran all this and I didn't even get a new piece of armor. Out yeah, of it. it won't take you 20 runs to get through and get the new Full Strikers gear. Now it's going to only take you six. Or something like that. So that's nice. Um, I think the coolest thing that they added is flying. That's still breaking my head. It's weird, but we can now fly in ARR zones. It's good, and I like it. It's just also breaking my head. It's very weird, and I love it. It's convenient, and there's some zones that, like, it's really nice to be oh, able to God. just it zip along in a lower so level, lower nice level job. To be able to fly in Kurthus. Like, getting perspective on some of those locations, especially as someone, as someone who filled out the sightseeing log before all this, like, being able to see the landscape, being able to see all these different landmarks, being able to get a different perspective on them and see how they all fit together, it's nice. I like it. Mm, I love back it. Back in my day. Right. Back in my day. Get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> my other biggest concern that I have is making sure that the play experience for players you know obviously all of us experienced players we want all these quality of life changes but i'm looking at the amount of sprouts that we have the amount of new players that we're getting and my concern is that you get your your quest at level one or level five to go outside and kill three ladybugs and three squirrels and you walk outside in your underwear with a short sword and i show up in my car or and you, fly away or even worse you see a giant morble hovering above you <laughs> or the magitech that you just watched a cutscene of i mean is that really like, there's some problems there here's something to aspire to here's something cool you'll be able to do the last cutscene they saw a magitech in it killed people that they knew so hey it's a little concerning soon you'll be able to kill people oh god Okay, I could have thought through this line of argument better. I was going to say, every change breaks someone's work. Moving well. on. Anyway. Moving on. Yep. Then the other thing was um, they had said that the uh, Realm Reborn New Game Plus elements will be added in 5.35. Yeah. Huzzah! So if, I, if you don't want to wait, just go try and run it on an alt. Create an alt on another server. Just go run server. it on an alt. It'll take less time. You're not wrong. Yeah. Oh, I, they also changed it. Somebody timed the run. And they set it up there like we get so much experience and it drops so much gear that you can literally do MSQ only each dungeon once. You don't even need to do roulettes or anything and you're going to be way ahead of your levels. Mm -hmm. And I think that was they've adjusted it. Yeah, they yeah. want they want to so your, your, your job your 50 of it. to 52 by the time you hit uh, Castrum. Perfect. Nice. I want to be 52, because as soon as they're 52, they start getting uh, Poetics, which means you can hit Castrum at eye level 130 and crush things. It makes it much nicer. Else. It makes it a lot nicer. Huh. All right. Eye level 40. Excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. And then there were a bunch of oh, job adjustments. It's destroyed already so much. Should we talk about some job adjustments? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, Let's talk about some, not all, because there's a yeah. bunch. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the ones that deserve yeah. to be talked about. 
Warrior um, got a bunch of stuff to help keep up its storm's eye buff. Uh, really helpful means that I need to spend a little less time worrying about that. Uh, also, the nascent flash that was our alternative. Uh, God, what's it? It's all alternative uh, fa timer mitigation thing. Uh, this was the one that lets you protect someone else and also drain some HP every time you attack. Mm -hmm. You can now do that solo. You don't have to be targeting someone. The numbers we both. When we had two stances and we could switch, we would go, I'm going to switch and heal, and then I'll switch back and fell cleave for my last three hits once my HP's full. We were like, well, now I can't be a one-man army because I can't heal myself. And it's like, oh, here's your healing ability. It's called Nation Flash. Cool. You need a party member. Damn it. <laughs> the whole point was that I didn't want that. Now it's yeah, done. And occasionally, if I've needed to help supplement the healing uh, during some crazy mechanic, like one of those HP to one refill person's hit point ones, it's a nice little supplement. Yeah. Um, Gunbreaker uh, changed to Brutal Shell. Uh, cure potency has been increased from 150 to 200. Uh, the duration has been increased from 10 to 30 seconds, and the barrier effect can be refreshed. So Gunbreakers are just a bit more durable in general now. Man, so they were squishy. Yep. They were really squishy tanks. Some... Yeah. Uh, Pugilists and monks can do perfect balance a little more often, and form shift is a li little more intuitive in terms of how it works, especially with that first form. Yep. Um, yep. This is just the first step in a massive rework planned for 5.4, they said. So... They're going to change a lot of people's stuff because there's some jobs, like when's the last time you saw a ninja? It's been a while when yeah. i when i leveled it yeah i haven't seen a ninja in forever <laughs> i haven't seen a gunbreaker in ages i saw my first astro in about a month earlier today you're gonna see a lot more astros and we'll tell you why in a second um, yeah for sure bard i was happy to see we got our nerfs taken back basically we were yeah. back to where we were before they nerfed us last patch well, uh, i mean they yeah. tested they may find it didn't work they reverse it i appreciate that Yep, the, the Sidewinder potency when uh, um, suffering from both Caustic Bite and Storm Bite is back up to 350. Uh, Refulgent Arrow. And Burst got 10 uh, potency back. Yep, and Burst Shot, yep. Um, Let's see. Machinist, the Hypercharge description changed, and that's it. Yeah, yeah no, just text. Yeah, no actual change, just being a little more clear about... Uh, summoner got tried disaster uh, Cut in half. Which was yeah. really bad because Tri Disaster wasn't really doing as much, and now it's like, oh, I guess it's two spells for one, plus some bonus damage, kinda. Yeah, like it's... was there something going on with it that we know about? Because otherwise, I don't get why they did that. So you can refresh your Tri Disaster cast timer, so people would Tri Disaster, spread it to a mob, refresh it, move to the next half of the pull hit it again, spread that to the mob, and instead of having Tri Disaster on somewhere between 4 and 7 targets, you have it on somewhere like up to 15 or 20 targets, so you could go through these giant areas of unsynced content and just crush things. And it was super powerful, but oh. it also created a non-player space for any other players because nobody else needed to be there. All the yeah. summoner needed to do was just stand there and wait, and the dots would tick them down. And it was absolutely brutal. So having it reduced so that instead of it doing as much damage, but it still cast your two dots, was fine. And now they just keep lowering the damage over and over and over, trying to make us use Outburst and a bunch of other stuff. 
They're just trying yeah, to balance. Yeah, I guess they're like trying to find that reasonable sweet spot. I yeah. just want to mention this. Uh, Chili in the chat had redeemed a highlight saying the 5.4 monk rework makes him sad. Because Chili just wants to punch things. Aww. It's okay, buddy. In fairness, I remember when 5.0 came out, Chili was still a host on the show. And uh, I'm pretty sure that you didn't like Monk back then either. I think this is just a bad expansion for Monk, dude. I'm right there with you. I stopped leveling it because it's just not worth it right now. Guys, do we need more ASMR? Like we had pre-show. Oh god, I could go for that. This is a good. Oh, player. that was unsatisfying. Well, okay, more. From what I heard, they turned grease lightning into a trait. That I will agree is absolute Sorry. trash. But we'll let, we'll see what happens later. <laughs> anyway, scholar, uh, they actually took your sucker ability. MP cost has been reduced from thirteen to eleven hundred. It's a two hundred MP change. Which doesn't seem like a lot if you don't play Scholar. It's a free one every rotation, five casts. Yeah. For for in the full Scholar rotation, changing what your Sucker cast costs is massive for two or three other things that you cast. Mm -hmm. So that, mean, that was a big change. It's not like you want to be spamming Sucker anyways. No, but it's the next two things you cast, you have to time correctly and hit your... Um, there's another, there's another cooldown that lets you restore MP, and you put that in a different spot now. Fair enough. All right. So uh, Astrologian got a fuck ton of changes. Do either of you guys uh, play Astro, or have you played Astro? I've been level, I've been leveling it recently. Okay, so maybe you'll understand some of these changes a little bit better. I know what they've tried to do was they reduced um, a lot of the MP costs, um, right. uh, Because they had made another change, because um, they were, took away the reduced MP cost within light speed, but reduced right. so the cost for the spells in general. So yeah, you don't so need the special effect. It used to be when you used light speed in particular, your uh, spells got their costs cut in half. They did remove that, but uh, in exchange for that, they made some other changes to your MP management across the board. Uh, your uh, several, a couple of spells got that 200 MP reduction. Uh, draw when you're drawing a card now restores about uh, eight percent of your maximum MP, so it should be 800 MP. Nice, uh, and they also. They also changed up the costs of your aspected uh, benefits as well. Uh, yeah, lots of reduction. So pretty much they removed the light speed thing, so you don't have that super low cost when you're doing light speed. But then you also have the reductions across the board, as well as this uh, draw mechanic that you're using all the time, restoring MP. So it sounded like rather than having this particular phase where you're using less, just having a reduction uh, all around to make it kind of smooth it out. Plus, it sounds like you want to draw more often and you want to use the cards that you have because you want to hit that draw because you want that restore. Right. So that's okay. also cool. encourage astrologians to draw those cards and actually make use of them. Uh, they did As opposed to just being a bad healer, which is what I see a lot of them are. Yeah. No, I've been getting a lot of commands just by, like, tossing out cards and hitting divination every so often. Especially because I will, like, try to cycle the cards to see if I can get the full power divination. It's yeah, try not to dig. Just use what you have. I mean, you've got a tiny bit of digging. The fact that you don't need to dig for a specific card and just for a general class of card makes it a lot more feasible. Thank right. you, 29 in the chat says people say it feels clunky now, but I love my ast. And, dude, the OG Astro in Heaven's Word, like, the first couple weeks it was out, like, every dungeon I walked into as a tank the astro healer would be like, all right, small pulls, please. Everybody be cool. <laughs> I hope second wind is on your bar. Like everybody was like, oh God, here we go. Cause it was so bad. 
But now it's definitely they they made it too easy and they made it not interesting. Mm. And I think this is their turn towards trying to make it interesting again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they also completely changed up sleeve draw. It used to be that it filled in. So it used to be that it would like uh, fill in. Uh, well, way, way back, it filled in all sorts of things, but then it would just be, like, effectively draw and use three cards in a row. Like, you draw a card, you use it, and it immediately draws another. Uh, so you could very quickly put together a second divination. Now what it does is it draws a card, but it will not draw something that matches a seal that you already have. So this is uh, nice for finishing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Your sun and your moon uh, for your divination. You use sleeve draw. It will give you something with the stars. So you don't end up with that 33% chance. I hope this works. Instead, you get the guaranteed. Yep. Okay, Always so this, is your, this is your tutor effect. Yes. Got it. You ideally want to use it when you are uh, one thing away from your divination because then it gives you something that will increase the potency from what you have. And you just need, right, to get, that makes sense. need to get two different ones, and then you sleeve draw to get your third. Hmm. And like any other draw, it restores that MP. Uh, Horoscope, which was the AoE, uh, the one that gave... It was kind of the equivalent of that White Mage... Oh, God, what's the White Mage one where... Asylum? Uh, plenary Indulgence. Oh. Where it would, uh, when you did an AoE healing, you could give it an additional boost of a oh, yeah. burst of AoE healing. Horoscope was similar for Astrologian, and it now has it that if the effect expires, it also gives you that uh, burst of healing instead of just dropping off without effect. That's good. They seem to have done that for a lot of things, like Scholars. God, what's the name of the one? Uh, the Scholar one that like, if you drop below 50%, it heals you? There's one of those too. There's a few that I think they've decided the big, especially for Astro. Like when you have a big long cooldown, you might forget about this thing, or a fight changes a lot in 10 or 15, 20 seconds. Like maybe this just goes off. This yeah, is going to go off now. It it just sucks to use this thing and then have it not go off. Even if it yeah. ends up not mattering to the strategy, it just feels bad. Exactly. I would rather have it heal one HP and be viewed as dumb then have it heal zero hp and we die you're wasted yeah yeah and they had a couple of other changes to neutral sect which i actually haven't unlocked yet so i'm not quite sure what it does uh but it sounds like it's mostly something that allows you to stack a couple regen effects yep. that you would normally Sweet. neutral sect allows you to get the benefits of both the day and night stances at the same time normally in day stance you can stack these two regen effects uh, but if you were using neutral stance in night mode, you would not be able to stack it. And it's saying, okay, yeah, you can stack. It, it really is making it into a both effects co uh, combined at once. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you for that. Then the Woo! last bit of uh, um, it's not a uh, it's all the crafting stuff, all practice materials, and all of the wolf PvP gear is no longer craftable. The practice materials make sense given that they added the function that lets you practice any craft that you want. There's literally no reason for those recipes to exist anymore. But the wolf yeah. gear, that level 50 stuff that you used to be able to craft, is now has been removed. That feels like a weird choice because it's just an item, but well, the thing is, I feel like it's a balance issue. Right I guess now, so. um, PvP gear is strictly glamour because PvP uh, gear means nothing. Yep, I One, did notice that they changed that to a while ago, and I'm mm -hmm. like, so why are why is there PvP gear at all? It's yeah. strictly Once for glamour. Time, 
Once upon a time, it was something that gave you uh, stats that were useful specifically in PvP. Uh, given that they changed PvP to be more on like the, hey, we're having an entirely different stat set, the abilities are different, like the direction they take on rebalancing. Mm -hmm. Having gear that would make you better at it kind of went against the vision they were going. So PvP gear hasn't changed you. This is your reward for doing it, and it's more end game glamour. We had a lot of issues with um, a lot of people came into 14 for PvP for a little while there, which was a very interesting experience. Uh, they, they were left. coming in, they'd say, <laughs> I want to have my PvP set, and then I want to have my PvE set. And it's like, that's not really how this game specifically works, but I get it. Um, and so we had to be like, no, no, it's yeah. just one set of gear. It's fine. I remember when I, I tried to get into the feast, you know, I watched Joe never fails and he was big into PVP. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you had to have a specific set that gave you specific stats to boost your morale. That's what, that was yeah. the big thing you got yeah. because if you had high yeah. morale in PVP, you did more damage and then you would not get, uh, you also, I believe took less damage with the high morale stat. Yep. It, yeah, was kind of, it was a whole thing. Yeah, now it's all like, com completely based on your skill as a player. Everybody's on a level field for the most part. Yeah, which I mean, if you want to actually get people uh, to be willing to join PvP, to have stuff like Klaus saying, you know what, I'm just going to get my Black Mage levels by doing some PvP. Uh, so it's something that like is accessible to everyone rather than being a really insular thing that you can't get into unless you're already part of this group of it. Yep. Like that's the design philosophy they seem to have gone with for it. Yeah, and it also makes but it so. That play, Go ahead. Given that I'm willing to play PvP from time to time now, it's like okay, yes, they seem to have exceeded at that. Yeah. I would not do it if I had to build a PvP set. Yeah, exactly. No. It was it was a pain in the ass, but I ran around and spammed emotes to get Garo gear. Is that <laughs> it? That was all I did, and then after a while, I was like, I'm not recoloring any of this. So I just spent like a million MGP yeah. and just bought it all. Well, guys, I. <laughs> I think we were able to stay, for the most part, pretty spoiler-free on that, so good job. Yeah. We yeah. tried. Oh god, that said, I am so looking forward to talking about some of the spoilers. So, so good. with all of that said, what was your favorite part? Dungeon. Trial. Oh. Sir? Mixture between trial and ending scenes. Those were good. The, the, the story oh, was good too. Shit. Yeah, the story okay. was good too. That that last bit, yeah. With, with, oh my with, gosh, there were some really wonderful bits. Nope. So no. I am looking forward to talking about. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, I think sets up some fun and exciting stuff for what they're going to be doing in future patches. Yeah. There were a couple things that I think a lot of people had hoped for but did not dare to dream. And yet. And yet. And yet. All right. If you guys enjoyed the the, uh, the new patch, let us know what your thoughts were. You can uh, tweet at us at PHXDN Radio. You can hit us up on our email, podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. Or you can just, uh, you know, find us on our Discord and uh, chat with us there about it uh, in the FFXIV spoiler room. It's a great, actually a really good place if you want to talk about all that. Oh, I will talk about it with you so much. So All right. Much. So this we were trying to figure out whether or not we really wanted to talk about this in the prep station, but it's <laughs> not spoilery enough. I don't think it's a crime against humanity. 
insanity. It is, but when you're talking, the Charlayans were about efficiency, not about taste. They wanted uh, their true their nutrition as efficiently and as easily uh, packaged as possible. So should I introduce the? like the story lore elements of this before you start talking about the actual food stuff i think so i'm actually going to touch base on it i've got an intro for you i'll get you okay go for it so tell us take us in so without doing uh too much spoiler uh early on in 5.3 we do find an item it's a food item and this food item looks kind of cool the art assets pretty neat uh and I wanted to kind of do a little bit of research on it. I started digging and I started trying to make one. And I was like, I literally have one line of text to work off of. And I spent an unhealthy amount of time working on that one line of text, trying to create bread. I cannot make a loaf of anything based on what this was. So in our Discord, I was like, okay, I'm stumped. I don't know what to do. And then Sarah, the uh, researcher... Decides to throw some really good stuff at me. Sarah, give me, a, give me a little quick primer on the thing I was making. So it gets introduced as a food item that's used in Charlayan, where people, especially those academics, care a lot more about efficiency. And so we have what they refer to, I believe, as Archon Loaf, which looks like this. <laughs> it looks like a really nice loaf of bread. Perfectly cut slices, gorgeous crust. Like that look... Like you said, the asset looked really, really nice. It but looks Char- like brioche. Yeah. But Charlayans don't go in for fancy things like flavor or texture. They want a single stop solution that will get you all the nutrients for your day. And so their Archon Loaf has mixed in various things like ground up fish and vegetable matter. All sorts of stuff where like described as being incredibly dense, weighs down in your stomach. This is something that you make a sandwich of it and you've gotten all of the protein and vitamins and everything you need for the day and you don't really pay attention to how it tastes. Several of the characters who are eating it say, it's like, yeah, it tastes horrible and that's how we know it's been done right. It turns out that there is, in fact, a kind of loaf substance food thing in real life that follows the same type of thing. Uh, I believe it it goes under a number of different names. I believe one of the brand or other names is Nutraloaf mm-hmm. because it's a loaf of nutrients. It is also it's called the meal loaf. It is also called the prison loaf. Yeah, it is this, called several things. Yeah, this stuff is not used by academics, though I do look at some of the software engineers around here who love their Soylent and things like that. Uh, but Nutraloaf, or Meal Loaf, or Prison Loaf, is used frequently in prisons as a thing that you serve to misbehaving uh, inmates because it will meet all of their nutritional needs. It's also kind of a punishment. <laughs> so... It's uh, gross. It's I want, basically I, everything from the mess hall from the ground up and it just gets baked into a brick and it's nutrition, but it's not food. I just 
throw in here? Like, you know how they said with 5.0 that we're finally going to Garlemald, and then it was like, surprise, we're going to Norvrant? I think Garlemald is going to have to wait another expansion because we need to destroy Charlayan, like, right now. Right now. For their crimes Time against humanity? Humanity here. Okay. So, good news. Uh, we don't actually have to eat the Archon loaf because it's bad. Uh, bad news. I made a lot of garbage. Uh, so I attempted to do some research. I looked into fish oils. I looked into bonito flakes. I looked into a fish-based collagen powder sifted into uh, live flour. All kinds of stuff. Unfortunately, all of it is atrocious and bad. And none of it was going to come out as something that I could bake. Anything, Nothing that would rise. Uh, based on the kind of the way they were talking about it, it's dense, which means it doesn't have a rise to it. So I'm not going to get to use like live yeast or eggs or baking soda or anything like that to really create any kind of chemical reaction to make bread. So I said, screw it. Uh, I'm just going to use brioche buns and you can't stop me. Um, but I wanted to include the vegetable matter and I wanted to include the fish matter. So I'm thinking, OK, I need to make something. And the best thing that I could come up with was something Loosely adapted from Chef John's uh, Pan Banier is a French tuna sandwich. And anybody that's ever had a shooter sandwich, which has its own whole lore that we're not going to get into now, but essentially a hollowed out loaf full of stuff. Loaf is put back together. It's wrapped. And then there's a large weight pressed on it. And that presses that loaf down and that sandwich down into something very dense. But it's full of usually charcuterie or cheese or whatever. Yeah, this like it's still, it sounds like it's still a flavor brick, but actual flavor. It's actual flavor, and it's made of, like, smoked ham and Parmesan and, like, really good in-depth flavors. Uh, it makes really cool stuffed garlic bread. You can use the same kind of technique to do that. Oh, my God, I want this right now. Okay. So the French tuna sandwich, the pan banier, it's effectively a tuna salad sandwich, and... I am not a monster. I did not dice pickles and celery and grab a spoonful of best foods and throw it in with a can of tuna. That's gross. It's doable, but it's gross. I decided to go one step further. Well, I went a couple steps further. I kind of went crazy. So step one, get your tuna packed in oil if you're going to use canned tuna. Ideally, get fresh tuna and poach it slowly in oil, but mm. let's be real. Uh, tuna packed in oil, no, it's not as easy to drain. What are you going to do with that oil? Good news, you're going to rub it all over your bread and you're going to toast your bread. And it's going to get really crispy. That's going to be in a really good spot to take in all of this very dense flavor you're about to add to it. Chef John's Panbanya uses cheese and tomatoes and a few other herbs. But the more that I was watching the video and the more research I did on it, I realized it's literally a kitchen sink sandwich where you grab whatever you have and use that to build your layers of flavor. So the one that I ended up developing after trying a couple of them, I ended up with white cheddar, cabbage sprouts, just a little tiny thin sprouts, thinly sliced carrot, which I used a peeler to do, mushroom and garlic infused olive oil that was a gift from Pyro Cats, uh, chili oil off the top of my Chinese chili crisp jar, mm. pepperoncini, spicy pickles, and fresh tomato. Don't If you're going to add tomato pinch of salt over them season your tomatoes people i promise they are way better than you think they are yeah yes loaded that wrapped it let it press in the fridge for over just overnight i didn't go super hard i literally just put it in on a plate put another plate the same size on top of it grabbed three crayons of chili from the cupboard put it on and let that amount of weight sit there overnight 
There's a picture in the Discord. It's pretty bomb. So, shooter sandwiches, they're awesome snacks, they're awesome meals. If you've got a few long hours of grinding tomes to upgrade all the gear for your alt classes, shooter sandwich might be the way to go. Uh, the best part is, is that they are literally just whatever's in your fridge. So whatever's in your produce drawer that you've forgotten about that you need to use up, whatever last bit of lunch meat you have, if you have a can of tuna, awesome. If not, figure it out. Make it with what you have. The shooter sandwich is a very, very versatile tool. Isn't a so move up all of the ex- Hmm? Isn't a move paletta kind of a form of this too, where they, they take all oh. their different types of meats and cheeses and vegetables parts and-, and it's like a rolled thing, yeah. Well, it's a giant loaf that they cut in half and they hollow out and then they press. Yeah. In the same it's similar idea, different it's one of those things where like everybody created the same food. We just called it something different and we yeah. invented it in a different way based on what we had. I mean, like, like Panini's taught us that taking a sandwich and pressing it and compressing it does make some stuff more delicious. I just, I tell people, tell me the difference between a pita, a naan, and a tortilla. I'll wait. And it's like, uh, time and region? Like, awesome. Realistically, time, region, a couple ingredients, different type of flour, but again, yeah. maybe different type of flour, but uh, everybody figured out salt, water, flour, fat heat like it's everybody figured it out yeah they're all so, 11 like, we all so. have the same kind of thing oh man i love garlic naan i wonder if how garlic tortillas would be amazing pretty rad so show <laughs> us the food buffs that you want to make uh if you have cool stuff in your fridge and you decide to make your own archon loaf sandwich don't actually make that that sounds gross if you decide to make a pan banier and you want to show us off uh put pictures in the discord because i want to see what yours looks like i just threw an image up uh in our chat uh that is of the one that I made. It's got a lot of colors to it because the cabbage sprouts are actually purple. Hmm. So mine is white cheese, white cheddar, red tomatoes, orange carrot, purple sprouts. It's a very colorful sandwich. I was say, like, change up an ingredient or two and you could probably make like a pride sandwich out of that. <laughs> we actually did a pride pizza one year uh, when I was doing pizza. We decided to do rings of toppings. To make a rainbow. Nice. Because they Each slice has every color. Each slice has every flavor. Blue is always the one that's weird because there isn't a lot of blue foodstuffs. I was uh, actually about to ask what you did for blue. We didn't. Uh, actually, if, you, if anybody's worked in food service at all, you know that all the band-aids in your first aid kit and usually most of your expo line gloves are blue. Are blue. And the reason why is because there no isn't a lot of food, food that's blue, so you will notice it, and it does look weird. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Also, blueberries are purple. Yeah. I have yeah. on team blueberries are purple. But blueberries are still just, delicious. I was just talking with some friends earlier about how apparently blue raspberry is only a thing because a bunch of like companies had blue dye to use up, and we're like, do it with the raspberry blue raspberry that's the thing the kids will love it is good don't get me wrong yeah but i mean like there's no real reason for it to be blue yeah or if you if you don't want to if you don't have discord and you want to share it you can also tweet at us at phxdn radio and we'll see it out on twitter and we'll maybe we'll share your uh, creations on a sh on an upcoming show share your prep table stuff i want to see it even if it's bad everybody that's ever a professional chef has made garbage before anybody that says they haven't is lying oh man did i ever tell you about the time i made boxed macaroni and cheese with vanilla soy milk 
I didn't know it was vanilla at the time. Okay, dude, I've had boxed mac and cheese with frozen medium cheddar topped with corn pops, and I'm not sure if that beats that. That's pretty bad. Like, oh god, yours does sound horrible. Mine, it wasn't outright bad, but it broke my brain as I was trying to eat it. Post-show, I'll tell you about the three worst things I've ever eaten. It's a good time. All right. Sweet. Good, good, I mean, good terrible. Ex- good awesome. excuse for you guys to stick around if you join us live here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio. And if you're not joining uh, us live, stop in sometime. We do this every other Saturday night at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. It's a good time. We're having a good time with, with the, the people joining us live in chat. Um. Oh, man, it is so much better now that I can actually use facial expressions to punctuate things I say. So, yeah, that's the, the last, before we get into the outro, that's the last thing that I kind of want to ask. What are you guys asking you, Sarah and Talas, what do you think of uh, having us on cam now? I feel like I need to pay a little more attention to my appearance now. And God, that wall is so blank and I need to put something on it. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I just need to make some improvement. I have to actually care now. Damn you people making me care. Oh my god, I can shake my fist at people! This is the greatest day ever. <laughs> Eventually, Today on Sarah Forgot His Boot Stabilizers, holy shit! <laughs> I have a lot of feelings, okay? Like, I know did you, you do. You know, did you see those smoky skies? I was out there for two hours. It was 90 degrees. I was doing census interviews. Whose fault is that? Mine. The government. Well, Sarah, eventually you'll get to the government. The government's paying me decently. Yeah. Eventually you'll get to my level and, and have all the, the cool stuff hiding in the background like that. And then this cute little guy, I forgot to mention in the uh, opener that I ordered uh, two of these little mini uh, Moogle plushes. I got this guy who's dressed like one of the primals. And I also have a conductor one as well. So adorable. He is so cute. I'm. I like the cameras. I think they're cool. I think we talked about for a few, uh, few weeks now, like we want, we are a Final Fantasy podcast. The fact that our avatars for Final Fantasy 14 was kind of problematic in a little bit. So we wanted to have cameras that kind of opens that up. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that I am a hypoglycemic monster. And so I am constantly eating snacks. Well, fortunately, it wasn't as uh, um, obtrusive and, uh, you know, d- it didn't draw away from things as much as I thought it would. So, no, no, I'm not going to. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and eat an entire bento box on stream like that. I a know completely different type of episode. has eaten macaroni and cheese and soup. And other things in the middle of a podcast. I know you have, Sarah. I have never even denied this. <laughs> I have eaten so much pizza on this podcast, you don't even know. But seriously, like, so other than the fact that I'm like, no, I actually do need a consistent stream of salt. Like, that is, like other than that, as long as you guys are cool with it, I'm down. Uh, other fun bit, we have noticed that I am sometimes not home. Which means that sometimes I won't have the cool 1080 camera. Yep. I will have the trash fire camera that came built into the laptop. It also means that the background might just be someone's couch. Uh, well, I mean, you can always have cool the camera with, with you. We don't. The, the camera can just yeah, travel that's not gonna happen. The fact that I might have the laptop with me might be a miracle. I've dead ass almost had to host from my phone before. Just keep it in your bag. <laughs> he what has bag? not expanded. He has not expanded his inventory slots enough to manage this. Do your gobby bag quests. All right. I don't carry anything like that. I don't even carry a pen anymore. The I literally cur- have nothing with me. It's crazy. The true currency of an MMO is inventory space. 
And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. <laughs> if you liked what you heard, escape. No. please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us on, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, uh, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating, a review, or comment. Uh, it really does help us know what you guys think of the show and helps us to grow in the community. If you really dig the show, you can consider subscribing to us live here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio, um, or you can uh, become a patron out at patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio, like our amazing, fen- amazing friend, Aurori Fenrir. Try saying that 10 times fast. You say it amazing every two weeks. Aurori Fenrir, amazing friend, Aurori Fenrir. Uh, all, all proceeds this. go there. towards growing the show, covering hosting costs, allow us to buy cameras for these two knuckleheads. Um, it, 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 it helps us to improve the show, and, and we really we really appreciate it. Um, and allows us to do some fun things, like maybe in two weeks we'll be doing something special, because we'll talk about that just before we close out. Um, but any kind of support, whether it's emails, likes, tweets, or retweets, subs, follows, whatever, it's always greatly appreciated. We love uh, interacting with you guys and the rest of the community. Again, if you want to check out our backlog of episodes, you can go out to our website, phoenixdownradio.com. You can email us your questions or recommendations for things to cover in lore or in the prep station at podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. Or hit us up out on Twitter at phxdnradio. Shout outs. Who wants to start? I got some people. Uh, first of all, shout out to Devin TR on Ultros. Uh, I worked with this dude uh, at Nintendo a couple years ago. We worked together at Phoenix Games. We've played Magic together. Our Magic games, we don't say what cards we're doing. We just know each other's decks and make sound effects and point at things, and it's a good time. Uh, so welcome to Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, he's kind of a WoW refugee because he's just w- tired of waiting. Uh, so he's going to be hanging out. Uh, he's on Ultros, so... He'll be around, but probably not super often. Uh, Shoutouts to Alan, the completely random Instacart customer that I had a couple of days ago that also plays 14. I delivered this man four sandwiches, uh, two one and a half gallon bottles of water and a quart of ice cream. This dude knows what's up. He's doing the he was doing the extreme trial that day. Mm. So like this dude knows what's up. Uh, so shout outs to those two. Shout outs to Pyrocats for gifting me that mushroom and garlic infused olive oil that I used for the sandwich. Um, and shout outs to Bannon for letting me move back into his house in about six days. Nice. Bye. And how can people follow you? Oh, find me on Twitter at Tal's Marvelous. I'm T-A-L-I-Z Marvelous. You can also find me in the Discord. Uh, I talk about all kinds of crazy stuff and post a lot of pictures of food and cars. If you're interested in playing the tabletop game of Final Fantasy, uh, do let me know. I am looking for a couple of players. Again, find me on Twitter at Tal's Marvelous or find me in the Discord. All right. Sarah? All right. Uh, shout out to my friends uh, Spender and Rockle, who joined up with me for the last dungeon and the last trial. Uh, we stayed up super late. It was great times. There was lots of squeeing about plot stuff. You guys are amazing, and I always love spending time with you. And thanks for being there for that. Uh, shout out to Aurori. I, I have wanted one of these cameras for a long time. Really helpful and fun for the podcast actually really helpful for work as well it turns out it's a lot easier to do library programming and story time when the kids can actually see your face and before this i had been using uh, one of the library ipads for some stuff and it, it was just a weird situation trying to get the camera angle right was terrible this is much better and i thank you so much for it uh 
You can find me on Twitter. Oh, also, one last shout out, so I don't think she's going to see it, to my new housemate, Erin. She's my landlord's uh, long-term girlfriend who just moved in after finishing her PhD. Uh, she brought her cat with her, who is very skittish but seems to like me. And now that she's part of the household, I have someone who can give me hugs. Oh my god, I had a hug for the first time in five months, and it was beautiful, and I cried a little bit. Aww. I'm human contact, okay? are awesome I'm, I'm right there with you bud <laughs> anyways you can find me on twitter at ff14sayr that's f-f-x-i-v-s-e-y-r-r where i occasionally post pictures of cool food things that i made or library uh, stuff that i found occasionally there's overlap because i got to poach a bunch of eggs for a library program it was great it was a class on photography, and so I had the eggs against different types of plates and on different, like, beds of greens or toast and, like, to show the difference in color contrast. Very nice. And I got, and I got to poach eggs on the clock. It was great. Nice. And then you had lunch. <laughs> yes. I, okay, technically midnight supper at that point, because I was making my slides <laughs> super late, but... Midnight supper is just like, you're eating late, but you're making it sound fancy. I should have had chilled wine with that. Also, if you can take a poached egg and you can just throw it like in something and in like cold water, just just cool it off in cold water. You can put it in a container. You can keep it in your fridge for a day or two if you need to heat it up later. I heard about that. Like you can make most of the parts for eggs Benedict in advance. Yes, you can. Except for the holidays. Yeah, holidays you got to do day of. But other than that, it's fine. I've seen some stuff for a reasonably stable Hollandaise. I'll see if I can find it again. I'd rather just make it day of. It's not that hard. Yeah, you're going to spend as much time reconstituting it and getting it re-emulsified. You're going to toast your buns. It's fine. It apparently like does not break for a significant amount of time, though I don't know how long a significant amount of time is. I kind of want to research this just because it would be nice to be able to go to the fridge at midnight and get out something and pour Hollandaise on it, but I just think that Sarah needs midnight snacks. Heard no. Klaus? Snare, Sarah needs midnight Hollandaise. That's yeah, even worse. We do it fancy in this household. But yes, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I also tend to pay attention to the Discord at most hours. So if you've got questions about lore stuff, you need someone to remind you to drink water. I remind a lot of people to hydrate. It's weird. I am like the responsible adult on a couple disc servers. It's weird. Every Yikes. Discord server needs a Sarah. Apparently. And I, I, of course, want to shout out these two knuckleheads again, because they, as always, I thank you so much for your contribution to our show. I hope you guys do understand how much I appreciate you. It's fun. We love it. Yeah, I'm having a great time tonight. Um, special shout outs to Aurori, Nick Nar, and Remix for being amazing patrons and helping to make this a reality and uh, get uh, cameras out to these two. We really do appreciate it. Um, you know, having you guys supporting us uh, every month um, is, is, is amazing. Um, shout out to everybody watching live here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix on radio. Um, to our new followers, um, Credoz. Seca, sorry, I'm very bad with pronouncing things. Um, and and, and Panky29, thank you so much. Hope you guys enjoy your time here at Phoenix Down Radio. Um, you can find me out on Twitter at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S. Um, but the last bit that I want to talk about 
our next episode is five year anniversary. Oh God, what the hell? September 5th, 2015 was the first episode of Phoenix Down Radio. So now September 5th, 2020, we're back. Wow. We're still here. Oh. Like, time was meaningless, but now time is extra weird and meaningless. Ooh, that's, dude, that's weird. 129 know, right? episodes, five years, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hosts, <laughs> and yep. a count, um, a lot of guests, we're going to be having a guest join us, um, Fusion X from uh, Gamerscape, Aetherite Radio will be joining us in two weeks. Uh, to join our discussion on the uh, um, the spoilers for 5.3, um, so it should be a good time. I we're gonna I'm gonna try and figure out some uh, giveaways um, for five years. You know we're, we gotta do something special for you guys uh, to thank you for all of your support. Um, haven't quite figured it out yet. You two, I'm gonna so, need to uh, uh, brainstorm with you over the next week. A traditional fifth anniversary gift uh, is wood. Or silverware if you're using one of the modern lists. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, Mog Station codes, but... Oh, and I was just going to mail you a chunk of wood. Ooh, hickory chips? We could smoke stuff with them. Now, now I want to mail you, like, an on, actual, like, on, on piece second of wood thought, I think I'll figure this out on my own, thanks. Only <laughs> <laughs> for the best. I mean, I mailed a brick to a dude in Texas a couple of years ago as a joke, so don't put it past me. Anyway. Like, it's been a problem a couple times when I walked outside. I was like, ooh, it smells like stuff. Oh, right. No, the forest is on fire. Anyway, you guys are all amazing. Uh, make sure to tune in in two weeks for our five-year anniversary. Um, maybe we'll be also celebrating a thousand followers here on Twitch. We're very close to that. Oh, um, dang. So yeah, there's a lot of things to potentially celebrate, um, but make sure to tune in. If you aren't following us live, hit the follow button. Uh, tell your friends. Um, you'll want to tune in for this one because we're going to try and give away some stuff before and after the show. So for my co-hosts, uh, Sarah Timono and Talas Marvelous, I'm Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. We'll see you in two weeks on our five-year ep uh, anniversary episode. Until then, take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is the copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarLanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at YouTube.com slash GuitarLanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.